2: Hey, it's Wednesday night. It's Notebook Wagering time. The guys from Notebook Wagering, we are here live from the Salisbury Center, fueled by Monster Energy. I am Smitty. I'm in studio. Q has the night off tonight, but I got the guys from Pittsburgh again. We got Maddie. How are you doing up there in Pittsburgh, Maddie?
0: I'm good, buddy. Played a little bit. Well, don't repeat this, and hopefully nobody I know (laughs) from work listening. But uh, (laughs) I uh, played a little hooky this morning, did a little quick fishing. And got out, cleared my head a little bit, came back and did some work and then got ready for this. Good show tonight. We got a great guest coming on.
2: Man, you're fishing all the time. I like it.
0: Something to do, man. Got to clear this brain of mine.
2: Maybe we could, you know, we could expand here and do a fishing show with you on weekends. I'm all for it. I'll, (laughs) I'll, I'll, I'll go live from the river. Okay. I like that. Okay, Jason, what's going on, buddy?
0: Not much, man. I'm just like tired Falling off the face of the earth as we predicted. And uh, I didn't predict it every day it. here. I, I didn't think it was predict actually worse, it. that They were kind of good. And now you kind of just watch them die slowly every day as opposed to the usual come out of the gate terrible and just, you know, kind of right off the season from the get go. But it's the life we choose.
2: Hey, it's tough being a Pirate fan. You got to you know, be excited when things are going well and yeah, things aren't going well. We'll get into that a little bit, but Hey, we have a great guest tonight. One of our really good friends. You can see him on visa and golden boy network. We got Will Hill with us tonight. Will, how are you doing tonight?
1: Boys, what's going on? Thanks for having me. Uh, tough break for Matt because I'm actually good friends with your boss and uh, for a small <laughs> fee, I won't pass along in the message you're playing hooky, but I- I'm happy to be with you guys. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, and I, I'll cover your losing uh, Diamondbacks bet. How about that? Oh, man. I don't I don't know what the, uh, if the SEC regulates the language on this podcast, <laughs> but I definitely have some choice words for that Diamondback bullpen. I guess it's my fault at this point because that bullpen has done it to me plenty of times. It's actually a good team. The pitching's not bad. It's a good lineup. But, man, they uh, they pissed some games away in the bullpen. I, I got them over wins, too. I got them to make the playoff. Uh, that was a tough one today. 5-3 in the ninth, two out, nobody on They blew a 5-0 lead already, and Single, homer, and then, uh, I mean, you could basically bet anything on the Phillies winning that game next year, and you knew Arizona wasn't going to get off the off the map. So, tough one, man. Not nah, bet, betting baseball is going to do that to you. It's
2: just, uh, you got to just shake it off and move on to the next one. Pretty tough. Yeah, it was very much like old school when Will came in. And it was like, hey, earmuffs, everyone. Earmuffs. <laughs> you had to do the earmuffs yeah. for a second. And that's, hey, that's 20, okay. <laughs> 30,
0: 2023, let's, let's post it. Uh, for our future guests and even our prior guests. You got a
2: huge bar to step into. <laughs> Will set the bar high for coming in the month. Okay, hey, let's we'll jump back in Major League Baseball because, like Will said, man, it is hard to gamble Major League Baseball every day. You have to, you have to be like a, I think a closer and just like get over it. And if you have a five and one night and you feel great, and then you come back and it's one and five, just forget about it, move on. Let's dive into the NBA. I want to get this guy is fantastic with the NBA, and Will, I'm going to start off. I'm a Celtics fan. I'll be, I'll say that right away. But I think overall in the NBA community, it was good that they won last night because if they did not win, we were off for, I think next third, I think it was June 1st. I think that's next Thursday. If I'm correct on that, I think so. We would have had a long break and all these conference, you got the hockey man sweeping about maybe that's going to be done. And now you have that. So What's your overall opinion on the series? Can the Celtics come back? Now, they got one last night, but they were down 3-0. Can they be the first team to come back 3-0 and win this?
1: I think they can, and I think they will. I predicted it. I went on VC yesterday. And look, I'm thinking a victory lap. Yeah, it's one game. But I just sensed an overreaction. You know, all the people saying uh, Miami's just going to kill them. Uh, Boston's not as good as them. You know what? M- Miami killed them in game three. But if you look at game one, Boston was up by 12 in the third quarter. Game two, Boston was up by twelve in the fourth quarter. Game three, got away from them. But look, I mean, we got enough a, of a, a sample size of, of information here where Boston's a good team. Number two, I think offensive, uh, offensive efficiency. Number two, defensive efficiency. Really good making threes. They just shot terribly from three the first few games. Ten of 29, 10 of thirty-five, I think eleven of forty-two. Where Miami, who's not a great shooting team, uh, just shot the cover off the ball the first two games and shot the ball great all postseason. So maybe there is something up with them, but. We saw it it regress a little bit last night. Miami I think was eight for 32. Boston hit 40% on a ton of threes. So last night was the tough one. Last night was the hard one. I I thought, you know, they were eight to one to win the series before last night. Tatum was 12 to one to win the conference finals MVPs. I I bet those. And man, I wish I bet them a little bit more because now you got a chance here with Miami getting points tomorrow where, you know, I don't know that there's great value on the Celtics at plus 210, plus 220 but I kind of think they're going to get this done. It's funny, as long as they can win tomorrow and they're home, they're favored granted home, being home and being favored has not meant a whole lot to them and, and to this series. And, and really this matchup dating back to last year when they played in the playoffs and the conference finals, the road teams has done very well, but Hey, I'd still rather be home than on the road. And if you can win tomorrow with seven and a half, eight point favorites. Now you're now you're now you're three, two. And all the pressures on Miami all of a sudden, who is was a Cinderella, an underdog, no pressure. They are staring history in the face. Nobody cares that they're an eight anymore. They're going to be the first team that was up 3-0 to blow the lead again. We're getting ahead of ourselves, but uh, the pressure really shifts towards Game Six if Boston can win this. I don't think Miami's going to win in Game Seven in Boston, so to me, it would come down to a Game Six. I kind of think we're going to make history here, and you know, people could say it was one hundred and fifty and zero, one hundred and forty nine and zero teams that get up three nothing. Absolutely true, and a lot of people, you know, we're, we're sort of pushing back that eight to one's good value when it's all time one hundred and fifty and zero, but. Usually the team that's up three nothing is much better. Usually the team that's up 3-0 is not an eight seed versus a two seed. So this is a very unique circumstance. This is probably the best team that's ever been down three nothing in terms of like being a minus five hundred, minus six hundred favorite. So this is an unusual circumstance. I, I kind of think Boston gets it done. They look like Boston last night. They were playing defense. They were making threes. Uh, I'd be very nervous if I'm Miami because now Gabe Vincent hurt, two, and you know he was playing a lot of minutes. He was playing really well. He was allowing Lowry to come off the bench at point guard. Now Butler's going to have to handle the ball, not that he can't. Uh, by the way, I think Butler over assist tomorrow might be a good play because if Vincent's out, that sets up Butler as more of a playmaker. Uh, I think Boston is very live in the series. I think they win and go to the finals.
0: Well, you, you summed up a, a point I was going to make. The, the key for Boston is the shooting threes, 40, 40%. Now I think they can definitely win the next game, but for them to win <laughs> these four in a row, don't you see a Joe Missoula stumble in there somewhere? Because I mean, he's definitely the inferior coach in this. And I think it's going to pop its head up in one of these three remaining games.
1: Definitely a concern, but Hey, you said four in a row. It's not four in a row. Now, now it's three in a row. And really uh, from the perspective of having an eight to one ticket, it's really two in a row, because if I get to game seven, I can put a nice fat bet on Miami plus the whatever, seven and a half, eight points and, you know, hope for a middle, just sort of name my profit. So, you bring up a good point. Spolster's a great coach. Missoula looks like a deer in the headlights. He literally looks like a deer in the headlights. He's got the, he's got something funky going on with his eyes where it's just sort of a blank stare out onto the court. I don't know what it is. It doesn't feel like he's in charge, but hey, look, it, it's about the players in the NBA. It's all about the players. And I know coaching matters. I'm not going to say it doesn't, but Boston's got the better players. Boston was the better team all year. And this is the same Missoula coach. Look, they were number one in net rating in the league all year. Uh, so, I mean, they, they won playoff rounds. So, I understand, you know, Missoula, I'd much rather have Spolster. If Spolster was coaching the Celtics and vice versa, you know, the series would probably be over. But that being said, I, I just think it comes down to the shooting. Uh, Boston could very easily be up three games to one. If they just made a few more threes, Miami missed a few more. I know you could say that about a lot of these games, but um, you know, you just get back to that shooting and Boston really shot under the percentage. Miami shot over their percentage. And Boston really had a chance to win those first two games, at least one of them. So, uh, it'll be interesting. It'll give us some drama, like you said. We had a long layoff. If Boston lost last night, that would have been a disaster for the league because you know you and I, the you know the three four of us, we do it every day. It's it's we're we're consumed in it. We're going to watch the finals no matter what. But there's a lot of marginal fans who, if the NBA goes out away for a week, it's out of sight, out of mind, and they're not going to you know check back in to see Heat Nuggets finals. So good for the league that they maybe get a, a game Memorial Day weekend. They get a game tomorrow, and we could have some drama. Uh, we could have some drama here.
0: Hey, real quick. I know why his eyes are so crazy. The dude needs to lay off watching the town so much. Yes, right? four, four or five times a week. Come on.
2: That was a strange comment. That was a very <laughs> that, was, strange that was really strange comment. <laughs> yeah.
0: Something. Something. You're right though. Something's off there. Sorry, Jason. Go ahead. Well, hold no, real I, quick. I, I, real I, quick. I he's kind of he, been like that since his days of WVU. So. <laughs> Um, hey, real yeah, quick, I mean, Jason, think,
2: Jason, can I jump in really yeah. quick? He could have said something crazy, like a really, I mean, I, I'll be very honest. I've never seen that movie. I, I don't even know what that is, but he could have said oh, like, come on. He, you I, I, see the town? I, I haven't seen the town. No. It's an excellent movie. I'm,
0: okay. Well, I'm glad it's Jimmy a,
2: Renner. there. See, there's another, there's from, another from, spin uh, on Kelsey Jason Bronson, can do movies stuff. and stuff. Now Jason's saying two thumbs up. Great for Jason. I mean, he could have said like Porky's he's watching Porky's or something. I don't know. So, okay. Go ahead, Jason.
0: He's watching early '80s. Uh,
2: <laughs> Go ahead.
0: Um, so, do you, well, do you see this as an issue for Miami going forward? Do you see like enough things last night where they've kind of regressed back to where they were in the regular season, where they kind of—I don't know if they were disappointing because they were always hurt, but they were kind of disappointing because you expected a little bit better from that team. I mean, they're not as talented as Boston, but they're still pretty talented. Like, is, is this—is this something Boston can put this game away next game by getting out early? You think, or because the Heat kind of had that reputation of being fighters? So, what do you think?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, look, I'm, I, I think Boston's very alive to win the series. Miami still does have a three-games-to-one lead. Home court hasn't meant that much. So if you're, if you're Miami, hey, we got three chances to close this out. You can still sort of play the underdog role. So, I mean, you got to like the position you're in if you're Miami. If you get signed up before the series to be up 3-1 after four, that's a, that's a hell of a scenario. And, uh, you know, there's plenty of things to be positive about, but I don't know. I just have a feeling. I think Vincent getting hurt's bad. I don't know if he'll play tomorrow. That puts a lot more of a load on Lowry. Eventually, you're going to run out of bodies, too, because, all right, Hero's out, or we actually put better without Hero. Oh, Deepa's out. Okay, no big deal. Now you're going to lose Vincent. It's like, this team's not that talented. It, it's funny. They can seem to plug whoever in and play, and it doesn't matter. So maybe they'll be okay. But I, I, eventually, you just run out of bodies. You run out of talent. And man, Boston's just a better team. Boston is the better team. I mean, they are the better team. and. You know, if you're Miami, you think about it this way. As well as you played, you know, you're know you up 3 0, you only have one more chance at home to clinch this. And I wouldn't want any part of a game seven. So let's just assume Boston wins tonight. You better get it done in game six. I do not think they are going into Boston game seven and winning. I mean, I, I know Boston's sort of a, a schizophrenic team where it would be sort of typical of them to fight back from down 3 0, tie the series and lose in seven. But, man, I, if you're Miami, you better get it done in one of these next two.
2: Well, why do you think, in, in your opinion, why do you think the Celtics struggle at home? Because a lot of teams are just lights out at home. And we're not even at times talking about covering the spread, maybe minus seven, minus eight. We're talking about just winning the game outright. Why do you think they struggle so much at home?
1: I have no answer. I have no theory. It, it's a good point. It makes no sense because it's not like it's an apathetic fan base. It's a Northeast, you know, the city, they love their Celtics. It's a good team. So you know, if it's an eight seed so or if it's some lousy or mediocre team, you think, all right, they're not going to have a home court. This is a good team with a good fan base. Doesn't make a lot of sense. I, I, I guess you could say it's a small sample size. It's only twenty games, but very strange, very strange. And they play well on the road. I can't really explain it.
0: It's pretty funny because I would say one thing about Game Five. You know, will be there will be the crowd. Like they will definitely do their right. best to keep that team in it. Do you think they share the ball too much? Like, that's my assessment of this, and obviously I'm just an NBA playoffs fan, is that it looks like Boston tries to split the ball too much between Brown and Tatum. When one guy gets going, they don't feed them. They kind of like try to like balance out the, the shots to make sure they're almost like too balanced on offense with shots when these games come on. Like, they mentioned at halftime last game, I think Tatum had seven shots, Brown had seven shots. Like, it was it was too much of a distribution. You have two stars on that team who should be taking the majority of the shots, but they seem like it's a real well distributed offense. Maybe it shouldn't be.
1: Yeah, but you might be onto something and, and the ball handling is strange at times. Brown has just some, some crazy, just careless turnovers. He's really sloppy handling the ball. You know, Tatum has his issues at times too. But again, it goes back to the threes. We wouldn't be talking about any of this. If they just hit forty percent of the threes, thirty eight percent of the threes as opposed to, you know, twenty eight percent of the threes, it's funny. You could talk about X's and O's and coaching and matchups and all these different lineups and whatever. It's like, you know what? A lot of this t- a lot of the time it just comes down to the three point percentage. If you make them, you're gonna win. If you, you shoot poorly, you're gonna lose and Uh, When you're shooting 40, 50 attempts for uh, for three, I mean, Boston outscored them, I think, by, what was it, 30 points last night for the three-point line? I mean, they had a ton of makes. Miami only had eight. I mean, they just, you look at the margin, it just comes down to the threes. Go ahead, Matt.
0: Sorry, I was going to shift over to the West. Sure. uh, uh, So we know that Denver's in the finals. Uh, I want to, and I promised myself I wasn't going to talk about it, but because we have you on, we're going to talk about it. And I'm going to go away from like the games. I hate bringing them up. LeBron. Why, Why did he, and why is the media so focused on him and this whole retirement thing instead of giving the nuggets their props on getting to the finals and how well they played, how well they've actually gone under the radar. I think, I think they're, they're missing the boat here To to promote the NBA, we're going to something that's kind of negative, taken away from the actual games.
1: I think he's very image conscious. And even though he played great, and he's probably wrong about this, he was probably concerned that after they lost, that people were going to talk about, hey, LeBron just got swept. So instead of the story being LeBron got swept, he can change it. And now the story is, will LeBron retire? So I think that's why he did it. I so. Go ahead, Smitty. I'm sorry. No, no,
2: that's okay. No. So let's stay. I'm going to stay on this, though. So, okay. So Denver got through. They're in the finals. What team, in your opinion, gives Denver the best matchup? You know that can knock off Denver. You know, is it because Miami is hot right now? I mean, they playing great. I mean, we know Boston's probably the most talented. I mean, do you think if Boston can get into this again, they're gonna they're gonna beat Denver because Denver looks very tough right now.
1: Boston is a tougher matchup. Boston would have home court. And, you know, it's funny. I'm curious what a series line would be. How would the public how would the betting market react to this? Because Denver is the flavor of the week; everyone loves Denver. How will people handle Boston if they pull a four straight and they, you know, go to the finals? They have game one at home. Obviously, Denver had the rest rest advantage. I would think it'd be more of a toss up. They'd be huge favorites minus two fifty, minus two eighty against Miami. I think they beat Miami. If you look back, uh, they've beaten Miami. I think six in a row in the regular season. They don't have an uh, Miami doesn't have an answer for Jokic. Jokic has killed them. Denver's just owned Miami. I think Denver would beat Miami in a pretty short series. I know you can never really count out Butler, but I think that's a huge advantage for Denver. Denver would have home court. Boston having home court, it'd be funny, man. It'd be, it would be funny to look back in a few weeks if Boston wins the championship to, to all the takes after game three. But, you know, we saw, we're saw we all old enough to remember when the Red Sox did it. They get down 3-0, and it was similar to the Yankees where they got killed in game three. They lost 19-8. to Everyone just left them for dead. And they were losing in game four, by the way, to Mariano in the ninth. They won that game and they never lost again and won the championship. So Boston, Denver, I still think would be a good series, especially since Boston has the seventh game. So uh, I do think Boston's a tougher matchup.
0: All right, I'll I'll, I'll jump back in. So if it, I guess it doesn't matter who they play. Is and say Denver wins this. This I was looking at a futures today. Is there any way Jokic doesn't win MVP? And the only person I think that gives him a challenge is, of course, Jamal Murray, because he played so well last year. But Jokic runs that team. He's been the MVP back-to-back years, probably should have won it again this year. It's like they have to, in my opinion, and that's strictly my opinion, I think if they win the title, they have to give it to Jokic, even if Murray goes bonkers. Because Jokic is still going to average a triple-double, probably.
1: It's like the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl and Mahomes not getting the MVP. It's almost impossible. Now they're going to build that into the line. You know, let's just say it's, hey, Denver's minus 210 to win the series, but Jokic is minus 200 to win MVP. Is it really worth saving it to 10 cents for the, you know, the the off chance that Murray has two 40 point games, a 50 point game, whatever? So if Denver wins, Jokic will win the MVP. That's a pretty safe bet. There's just, I don't know that you're going to get a bargain for it. I was surprised. I don't know if you guys noticed this. Before game four against the Lakers, they have odds to win Western Conference Finals MVP, and I like how they have Conference Finals MVPs too because it's more to bet on. Jokic was only minus 180. It's like, Jokic was going to get that. That was a steal. I, oh, yeah. I, I bet that for a little bit. I'm kicking myself for, uh, it almost looked too good to be true. So, uh, But yeah, Jokic is the MVP if Denver
2: wins this. That's okay. Jason, anything else in the NBA?
0: I do not have any else in the NBA. I mean, I'm just kind of waiting it out now. I want to see what the Celtics do. Like, I am intrigued by the matchup that they get to against the Nuggets because you kind of have like, different strengths there. Um, it'll be interesting who can guard Jokic out on the perimeter because, you know, you look at the post for Boston, that they haven't been real successful. I, I You can't put Al Horford out there for a whole series on Jokic or it's just going to be really ugly. Um, so that I am kind of want to see it play out now. Like, cause I think Miami will have a better strategy, but I don't think they have the bodies to match up with the Nuggets. I, I don't They're don't too athletic, that. too big. And uh, this could be too many open shots, but help it out on Jokic. I have one. I got one One quick one. Um, so there's rumors, and I am so not a fan of this guy. Doc Rivers just buried my Sixers again. How? Why are these teams still so interested in Doc Rivers? Like, now the rumor is the Suns are, are pursuing Doc Rivers. I, I, don't, I don't get it. It's kind of like he's hit his apex. He's definitely on his decline down. Why the intrigue on Doc Rivers?
1: You got me, man. I'd be shocked if one of these teams, I I guess I wouldn't be shocked because he's in the mix. Uh, I must have a good agent. It's relationships. He's been in the league long enough where he's, you know, he's buddy buddies with the right people. And a lot of that is, you know what you, you you rub elbows with these GMs, executives and owners. They, uh, you know what they, they have a soft spot for you, but I'm totally with you, man. I mean, how many three, one, three, two weeks can you blow? (laughs) I get, get somebody, give somebody else a shot. I, I totally agree.
0: I mean, I'd rather have Boonenholzer, Nick Nurse, and and somebody else who just got canned. off the top. Of my head. I'd rather have three of that. Yeah, but give me give me those three over Doc Rivers any day.
1: Totally,
2: hundred percent. Yeah. All right, let's. All right, hey, let's go into Major League Baseball. Like we were coming in here with uh, Arizona today. I think three of us here on the screen had Arizona. You know, well, let's just go into this. It's it's a hard it's a hard game to handicap because you can be doing a lot of good things and the bullpen can blow because I've had a lot of looking fantastic. One today was Arizona. I was right with you and Jason with Arizona. What's your best advice to people if they're listening tonight, trying to get into handicapping major league baseball? What's your best advice? Maybe first five, the game, team runs. What would you tell somebody if they came to you and said, give me some advice and how should I do this?
1: Well, you know, if you're going to do it well, it, it, it is time consuming. It, it's the, the good thing about baseball. It, it's, I guess, less so now. It used to be just such an individual sport where it's pitcher versus hitter versus hitter versus hitter. Now they take these pitchers out so early that it's a different game and you have, there's so many moving parts with the bullpen, but there is a lot of data out there, baseball savant fan graphs, where you can look at exit velocity. you look at barrels. There's so much statistical you know, information out there that you can educate yourself, but you know, it does all come back to the pitchers. Um, you know, y- you can isolate your handicap, which again, I probably should have done today. We probably should have done today. And just, hey, you like Zach Gallen? You know what? You can bet it in the first five innings. You also sweat out the sixth and seventh inning. These these bad bullpens. So uh, isolate your handicap. Play some more first fives. And uh, you know, if you put the work in, there is the information out there to help you.
0: Stay uh, for our listeners, there's four people on the screen. I was that person who did not <laughs> bet against the Phillies today. So I'd like to yeah, shout out to Philly my cousin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey. I, man, I didn't make the wrong choice. I just didn't make any choice. So
2: <laughs> Sometimes that's the smartest choice.
0: Correct. Zach Gallant at minus 110. Come on
2: <laughs> <laughs> Got to take it. You had to take it today.
0: So, uh, well, you're in New York. Obviously, I think you're a Yankees fan, right? why do people think they're having such
1: a bad season when it, it's really not that bad? Um, I mean, it was ugly a couple weeks ago when judge it was out. I mean, this lineup uh, looks, looks a little Kansas city Royals. I mean, they had Jake Bowers and Willie Calhoun hitting fourth. So uh, <laughs> once you get Judge back, it's amazing. It, it's very rare that a player can be great and also underrated. He's actually kind of underrated because he hits for average. We know he hits the 500 homers, but he walks, you know, he plays a great, a really underrated outfield. He's got a hell of an arm, which, I don't know what happened to baseball. Nobody throws anybody out in the outfield anymore. I remember growing up, guys had Rockets for Arms, Guerrero and Ichiro. Seems like nobody could throw anyone out anymore. Judge throws people out. He plays outfield. He's just, he is such a complete player. I know that contract in three or four years probably is not going to be pretty, but man, he's a great player and uh, you know, they have, a, they have a really good team. I don't think they have a great team. I think Yankee fans just get frustrated that they had a championship window these last four or five years and just couldn't get that piece to push them over the top and they just keep falling up Falling short to Houston. So I think there's just general frustration that this team doesn't have enough. If they had won a championship th- these past couple of years, nobody would be freaking out about a mediocre April. But I think there's just a, a pent up frustration with not beating Houston. This is a fan base that I think has been spoiled, been used to winning, used yeah. to getting all the glamour free agents. Like they don't really go shopping for the free agents anymore because, you know, Steinbrenner's kids just not wired like his dad was where You know, if George Steinbrenner were alive and running this team, Otani would be on the Yankees, Machado, Harper. He wouldn't get outbid. He wouldn't take losing to Houston. He's going to go out and buy a championship or die trying. The kid is more worried about, you know, making the luxury tax and saving money. And I know you guys are Pirates fans, so you're not sympathetic, but the Yankees are worth $7 billion. The Yankees actually spend less of their revenue than the Pirates do. The Yankees pocket a lot, a lot of money. So there's, there's frustration there with the Yankees in terms of that. Well, I'm
0: going to keep it in in the AL East because it's stacked. Uh, every team's over 500. Uh, but who's who's in last? The the Blue Jays are 20, 26 23. Hypothetically, we'd like to throw around some hypothetical bets and futures. If you had $100 to win that division, who are you putting your money on?
1: You bet it to yeah, Yankees. I found a, I don't know if you guys have sponsors if, if I'm allowed or not allowed to bet cert, uh, mention certain books. Does it matter or no? No, you, you're, yeah.
0: you're completely allowed.
1: Bet Rivers had plus 465 on the Yankees. Five games back with 110, 120 games to play, plus 465. It was like plus 280 at DraftKings, plus 300 else. So it, it helps to have multiple outs, you know, put the time into shop. To me, plus 465, they're only five games out. You know, everyone crowned Tampa, and rightfully so. They won their first, like, 35 games or whatever it was. But you look up, they're only five out with a, a ton of games to play. Stanton on the way back soon. Severino's back. Who knows when we'll see Rodon. Probably not for a while, but... Hey, plus four sixty five. I think that's a good bet. So the Yankees.
0: I was going to parlay that real quick. It, so the Yankees uh, is a smart bet. I'm actually leaning Orioles, but I'm going to we're going to continue on the Yankees because you're a fan. Who? I mean, they're going to go get somebody trade deadline or even before, yeah. especially if Rodon is uh, out even longer. Do you foresee them going for an arm or for a bat?
1: Well, the way these trades have gone lately, I don't know that it's going to matter. I mean, how does Frankie Montas do anything for you? How'd that trade work out last year? All these bullpen arms they got, F Ross, and all these guys have surgery. I mean, they have not done well with the deadline here. So um, would they get, uh, they'll probably go for some relief pitching. You know, it's funny. Chapman is like the, the bane of every Yankee fan's existence. He, I don't know if you guys know, he's back to throwing 103, 104 for the Royals. He's going to be pitching for somebody in October. So they'll probably get like a, a, you know, a cheaper bat, a cheaper bullpen arm. I don't know that they would get a starter, but probably look, they they don't go for the splashy item anymore. So they'll probably trade for somebody who's going to need Tommy John surgery in six months anyway.
0: <laughs> I was, I was, I was hoping you were going to stick the knife in the, the Smitty and Jason and say David Bednar from the Pirates, but. Hey, yeah,
2: yeah, don't. Yeah, we trade with the Yankees all the time, so it's probably throwing throw O'Neill Cruz, and we can talk. Oh, <laughs> no way, no way. So, is there he a little that, that, that was a few years bit. away. That's a few years yeah, away.
0: Probably. Yeah, probably. That's, few, that's yeah. probably in about five
2: yeah. years. No. Is there a he guy? He kill
1: somebody in that short portion right field with oh. those rockets he hit yeah. Man, he would. Uh, you need to put up some fencing or something. Put up a net. It, is there? It,
0: there a the one of PNCs like twenty feet high. You guys have a normal size fence out there. Someone's going down.
2: Yes. Is there any guys that when they're on the mound that you want to fade? Like every, every time out, you're like, okay, what's the number?
1: Corbin used to be like that, but Corbin's actually pitched okay. Spoiling everybody's fun. Dallas Keuchel was like that last year, but he's out of the league, which is unfortunate. I wish somebody would give him another chance. I'm trying to think who I like to fade. You <laughs> know, I can't think of anybody top Jose, of my head.
0: Jose Barrios.
1: Can I just have Yeah, say, but Barrios has enough talent where he could throw a random good game at you. Like, he was really good a few years ago. He's a strength. He's one I like to stay away from. I'll give you guys I like to stay away from. Snell's one I like to stay away from. Yes. I can't get on the right side of him. He'll throw a two-out shutout to beat me if I bet against him. He'll walk 19 people if I bet on him. So, he's one that can't give. Oh, Carrasco's one for the Mets. He's an automatic. If you're betting, like, yes, yes or no run first inning, I mean, it seems like he gives up a run every time out. He is
2: completely washed, it seems like. So, Carlos Carrasco. Can I just say Corbin's never coming on our show ever because Ah, Maddie, we talked about this two weeks ago. We said that, and you <laughs> made a joke and said, I think we've bashed the guy. And I said, Well, I think I've bashed the guy a little bit. So, yeah. Patrick Corbin. I don't have an apology, though, yet. No, I don't have an apology. And we said he's pitching well. We said he's pitching well, but I'll tell you, I don't think he's coming on anytime soon here. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it didn't
1: make sense that he was getting his bom- bombed as much as he was because the numbers were horrible. I'd be betting against him, so I'd watch him a lot. and. You know, he still hit like 94 on the radar, got 95 sometimes, like a lefty throw 94, 95. It's, it's weird that he fell off. He's not that old. I know he threw a million innings for the Nationals that year. They won the title, but it was strange how he fell off. So uh, it's unfortunate we can't bet against him,
2: but uh, yeah, he's actually pitched pretty well here. Yeah, he's done a nice job. Real quick, the Oakland A's, real quick. We call them the possums <laughs> because the possum uh, in their, um, up in their building, wherever, whatever they're doing here. What's, what, what would you feel safe? I heard this today on Fall the money. I don't even, I think their win total right now is like at 38, 39. Where would you, I think it was, I think it was 48, 47 and a half, 48 and a half, something like that. Okay. Wow. Where, where would you feel good taking that for an over? Oh God. Feel good taking it for an over.
1: Oh man. So if you if you put it at 39 and a half all all you have to do is go 40 and 122 and I win. I guess 39 and a half I would look at the over. <laughs> I I'm actually of the belief and you know you go on these shows you don't want to hey, I give out a minus 265 bet. People don't want to tail that. People don't want to hear that. But man, there's some value betting against them every night. I mean, even tonight minus 300. I, I laid it with the Mariners. I I you know some of these books they let you uh play the games for tomorrow and today. So I just parlayed Mariners monday into tuesday tuesday into wednesday i think you gotta fade them every day i mean they're 10 and 40 minus 250 is not like there's nothing sexy about laying minus 250 but when you're 10 and 40 minus 250 is certainly a fair price i think i think they're still overvalued if that makes sense
2: do you have anything uh, any other action tonight you got uh miami colorado here st- still coming up you got boston with the angels and then you have oakland seattle do you have any uh late plays tonight
1: Seattle. I like Miller over five and a half K's. He's got tremendous stuff. Seattle's got good pitching. I, I mean, that's a tough division, but man with Castillo, uh, Miller, Gilbert, who else am I thinking of the pitcher that they got good pitch? Oh, George Kirby. That's four really good pitchers. I know it's a tough division. They've been hovering around 500, but I would think Seattle could make a little run here. Again, it's a tough league to do it, but uh, yeah, I like Seattle tonight. You could play them whatever money line minus a run. My you know, first team to score. I do like Miller over K. So, you know, a little Mariners Celtics money line parlays like minus one fifteen, minus one twenty. That's not crazy. <laughs> so uh
0: baby A's. we really even got to my good next question was about the Mariners. Is that the team that's kinda of lurking out there with that starting pitching that can get on a run and at least get themselves back into the West, at least get themselves into the
1: playoffs? I, I mean, think so. Yeah, they throw a good pitcher out there every day. And it's funny, they have all this good pitching and then Cy Young winner two years ago, Robbie Ray, who's another guy who was just a disaster to bet on against you could never figure him out. You got a Cy Young winner from a few years ago, and he's gone. And you still have great pitching. That's a really loaded staff. They haven't gotten much. Julio has not had a great year yet. I'm sure he'll have a run. Not a great lineup, but I mean, that was a team you look back. They played Houston. I know it was a sweep, but they played Houston about as tough as anyone. That little three game series. They had that one like 18 inning game. What was one nothing? Uh they they blew game one with Robbie Ray giving up the homer to Alvarez. That was a that was a feisty little series. So I, I, that was a, a feisty little team. So uh, I could see Seattle making a run here.
0: They, they will. That's good. Will, before we let you go, uh, tell us what you're doing with Gold Boys. And then I have a question. Uh, you did a podcast recently about the NFL uh, team wins, et cetera. And we still know the NFL stirs the drink for everybody in this industry, basically. So give us a team that you're going to hammer on the uh, NFL win totals and tell us about Gold Boys, too.
1: Yep. Gold Boys, we do uh, shows 1 o'clock Eastern, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, twitch.tv slash Gold Boys Network and Gold Boys Discord. So you can just Google that. And, uh, uh, man, there's still a 10-and-a-half. Last I looked, Eagles at FanDuel for an over to me. Come on. They were 14-and-1 when Hurts played. That team is absolutely loaded. I'm, I'm surprised it's still under uh, 11. To me, that's a team that's got 12, 13 wins written all over it, barring something you know catastrophic to Hurts. And they even have a good bet. Who's their – oh, Mariota, I think, is their backup now. To me, that team's 12, 13 wins. I don't like playing over high totals, but uh, I'm surprised that's 10-and-a-half. You do have to pay a little juice. So, Eagles over is a good one. I like Bears under seven and a half. Uh, some of the ones I like have moved, so I don't want to you know, give out. Like the Cardinals was just a stupid line. It was five and a half. Now it's four and a half. I would still lean under, but obviously, five and a half is a bigger Ooh. number. To me, the Bears going from three wins to eight is asking a lot. Fields takes a lot of hits, whether it's sacks. He runs the ball a ton. Uh, I mean, it's easy to look at these teams when they're all healthy and say, this is how they're going to be. Well, how are they going to be if their quarterback gets hurt for six weeks? So, Bears under seven and a half is one I like too.
0: All right, Smitty.
2: That's great stuff. Great stuff. How about my Steelers and Jason Steelers? Anything? We know they're not going to go under 500. We know that. It's <laughs> you sound like you're on CBS saying that. Yeah, that's what they do. Hey, Will, thank you so much, man. We know you're extremely busy. We appreciate you coming on a lot with us. So take care and uh, best of luck tonight and let's go Seattle. All
1: right, guys. Appreciate you having me anytime. Thanks, Will. Take it easy, guys.
2: All right, guys. Anything real? Anybody on anything late tonight? We taking anything? Not late?
0: yet, buddy. Not yet. I've been. We, Jason and I, were talking off air. We were looking at our uh, futures that that we're gonna go over in a little bit here. I haven't. I haven't done any much. I'm gonna look at the uh, NBA for tomorrow. I like that he said that Jimmy Butler prop on assists, and I'll give another one out uh, with the uh, the guy hurt from Miami. Look for Max Bruce. Go over points
2: okay love it love it um yeah i you know i'm not on anything real late in the major league i gave out my card right now my best bet on sharp angle syndicate tonight was the padres they are down it was four nothing it is is two now so i need a little comeback here by the padres um But um, let's come back. Let's take a quick break and let's come back and we'll do a little hockey and get Jason all excited and everything like that. So stick with us. The guys from Notebook Wagering, we will be right back. Hey, we are back. The guys from Notebook Wagering live from the Salisbury Center, fueled by Monster Energy. We're going to dive into some NHL hockey. And I know Jason's ears are going to pop up here a little bit. But hey, Jason, can somebody pull win here that's not supposed to win? Can this not get over really, really fast here? I mean, this like sweep and sweep. Here we go, Eastern Conference tonight. We got Florida up three and zero against Carolina. We had the Panthers minus one fifteen last time I saw over under five and a half. Jason, I'm going to tell you what I did really fast. I I went back to sure. that first period under again four and two on this. I lost last night. With uh, Vegas and Dallas, but I went right back to it tonight, man. Where should the audience play? I know it's probably the puck's probably been dropped here, but um, maybe a live play. Who do you think is going to win this tonight?
0: Tell hey, you what, I actually think Carolina's going to win this, and I'm saying this because this is very similar to Denver and Lakers series where you you see the result is three zero, but it hasn't played like a three zero series at all. I mean, it's been really even. I mean, the last game was a. 2-0, I think it ended up with an empty netter at the end. But that game could have went either way for most of it. Um, I, Carolina just can't get a puck past uh, Bob Roski. And, you know, and he's a good goalie. He's, he's not this good. Like, this isn't the guy who's going to win the Vesna Trophy or anything like that. I mean, he's a he's a quality goaltender. He might be the best goaltender left, to be honest with you. Uh, though auditor's still around for Dallas. But they just can't get anything past him. And that, that's kind of the issue with Carolina. Like They have a lot of good. They don't have any great. Like, it's kind of a team that needs a transfusion of like a elite player because they have tons of really good players, but there's no one they can hop onto on this team and kind of say, carry us through this kind of thing where they can't get any pucks. Like, you know, if you had the Penguins in this situation, I want Penguins fans, so I'm going to say that. You know, Sidney Crosby is going to do something to make this happen because he's that level of player. Like, you know, if the Oilers were in here, Dry Seidel would do something. And yeah, I said Dry Seidel, not the other guy. Um, to make a play to, like, get them back in the series. Kelly just doesn't have a guy like that. They're just, like I said, it's a preponderance of good rather than great. I think it's really hurting them in this series. Panthers, I think, have a couple players that are going to make the leap and are going to be great players. And they're kind of just playing with a lot of confidence right now. Uh, but I did tonight. I actually took the Hurricanes, minus one and a half. Uh, real reverse run line action or puck line action. I uh, got plus 240 to do so. I think this is going to be an open game, too. I think this is just going to break because these games have been too close knit. The, the teams are going up and down. They've gotten shots on net. Nothing's just getting past anybody, but I think there's going to be the one crazy game in the series where you see an over because uh, everybody and their mother is on the under in this series so far. What do you think, Matty? Total opposite. Uh, no chance Carolina gets this done tonight. Um, has stopped 130 out of 131 shots. It, he's gonna do it again tonight. He's gonna to give up maybe one goal at best. The under's gonna hit. That team is just it, i mean, what stinks is I love Matthew Kachuk. I think he should be probably the leader for con smite, but what Bobrovsky's doing is crazy. And I'm gonna give my cousin a shout out because he gave me that stat from earlier. It I without you 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 nailed it though with Carolina. They're miss they don't have that guy. Patriarti is a player that they lost, so they don't have that that crazy stud to to lean on. I just don't think they have enough. And you actually called it when they played Boston. It was the best team that Boston potentially could face in the whole East. And they were the President's Cup winner last year. So they're loaded. It's just they just had a bad year. They've completely regrouped. And it's like it's like the year the Kings. Were the eighth seed and re- rode Jonathan Quick to a title. And then yeah. uh, Anaheim with uh, Jean Sebastian Jaguar, even though they lost, that super hot goaltender literally carried them through the finals, basically to a Stanley Cup. And I think, I think the Rossi's that guy this year. And I can't wait to see what happens when they get to the finals and play somebody out West who hasn't had to face a dominant goalie. Because I actually think a bet to look at potentially is Florida, like, Winning the game, the series in five games. I think they're they're that hot right now. Oh, I can totally see a gentleman's sweep, but I do think Carolina's going to get one. I just, like I said, I think this is the game. Like, if they played well enough, they haven't played bad. Like, I, that's no, good. They I, you, saw the, like, you saw the kind of that like game with Vegas and Dallas last night, where it, all of a sudden, like, you know, you just get a game that's kind of out of sync with all the rest of them. But I just think that's what you're going to see tonight. I'm kind of going with that. Like I said, I think some of these things. These unders—they're almost a little too predictable at this point. They're due for a game where something gets past these guys. But I agree. Odds are, you're probably right. It's going to be an under. It's going to be skating and no goals, just like we've seen the rest of the series.
1: So So you
2: you do have the Panthers. What do you think
0: about the next round? Let's give Vegas the credit. If Vegas gets through, and they play one of these teams, like who do you think is actually going to probably be like? Will the Panthers be the love team that kind of gets all the action, or will the depth of Vegas? who's similar to Carolina and that's a very deep team, but it's probably got a little more star power than the, the hurricanes do, but they're probably a little weaker in the net though. So it, it's going to be interesting to me. I think, I really think Vegas is grinding like axes in back rooms right now. Like not the Vegas team, Vegas, the gambling, because you know how many people put futures on the Knights to win this. Them. And they're going to, yeah. And they're going to be laying some big numbers because they struggled early in the year. So Man, I I think the action will actually stay with Vegas if they make it to the finals against Florida. I think Florida will still be the underdog. I'm pretty sure Vegas gets home ice, so I think they'll get I think they'll get more action in Carolina or uh, than Florida will. Yeah, they'll actually. That's a great point. Is that Vegas will almost be forced to have really nice lines for the Panthers because they have so much uh, liability on the yeah. Vegas, like, the Golden Knights side just because they're the home team, which is kind of crazy to think of.
2: Well, you do have the Panthers ten and one in their last eleven. And they're straight, eight straight unders in their games. So, and you can't. And this is a great thing about our show. I'm going to say this: you got Jason saying one thing, he got Matt. We're we're not always in agreement here, and that's why I love this show so much because everybody has their opinion, and we go in different directions at times. So, you know, I guess pick your poison. Who you're going to go with here tonight? I'm hoping. Listen, it can be a shootout, whatever. I don't care. First period, do not score. Just like, just throw it. I want a bunch of just flicking the, I, I don't know much about hockey. I like gambling it. Cause I like to gamble a lot of things here. I want a lot of just pucks flip down and then they come back and they flip it back. Let's, let's get the clock. It's like it's like football tick, 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 just tick the clock down. All right, let's go out West here. You got Vegas, man. I was shocked last night, guys. I did lose the first period under, I was riding that trend. I, I, I put it on, it was 3-0 in, like in a blank. I was like, well, I was a loser. That wasn't good. Um, 3 nothing. The thing is, though, with this, 4-3 was the first game, 3-2, second, 4-0. So you're 1-2 and two on the overs in this. And really, I'm going to say this, just trying to track this, and I'm not the, the hockey expert on the show. These guys are the hockey guys. I would have just thought Dallas was going to be able to score a lot more what I'm seeing, especially like last night. I mean, even over two goals, I just thought Dallas was going to put a lot more goals in. Um, what's going on in this series. Is there any chance Dallas gets back in this Maddie? Let's start with you.
0: No. Um, and I think the Jamie Ben penalty at the end is the the dagger. Yeah. I, agree. I, I think it's kind of like, man, we're, we're getting the, the ship knocked out of us here. and, we need that spark. Well, I don't think that was a spark doing what he did get suspended two games. It just sets a bad example for young players like Robertson and the other kid. I forget, his name's I'll lose me, but he's their best player right now. And then Ottinger has just, it, it's not that he's played bad. He just hasn't played great. And right now they needed great because they haven't been able to score. Like you said, Smitty. so yeah, I think they're done. I think Vegas is going to win. I think, I think both series are sleeps in the tonight and tomorrow, which is, Stinks for the NHL and stinks for us. Probably getting a couple of days off from that. But, yeah, I don't, I don't think Dallas can regroup and rebound. Yeah, I mean, they have a reputation of being like a one-line team, and it's kind of what it looks like. They just don't have the depth of scoring that Vegas does. And uh, it doesn't really come in through on the actual who's scoring the goals. It's more puck possession. Um, you're seeing Vegas has controlled the puck a lot more and it's with their third and fourth lines. They're just more talented than Dallas is. And like you said, Dallas needed Audinger to be with Bob Rofsky's being in the other series. And he, he is that good of a goalie. He's probably the best goalie of the four that are left. And he just hasn't been that guy. Like he hasn't been the wall form that they needed.
2: Well, it is one nothing right now, Florida. Just put it on my phone. One nothing. Okay. So slow it down. <laughs> Just kind of hold the puck, take it behind the, the net, kind of set up a play, really go slow here for the next – they scored already. 90 like, seconds in. Yeah, yeah, 90 <laughs> seconds in. That looks Wait, they
0: scored, they scored in
2: 90 seconds? 90 yeah. seconds. What are we playing? Nintendo hockey here. Jeez, somebody stop a puck for so,
0: me. So what you're going to have, like you always have, is you're going to have Maddie being right on the, the, the who wins, and you're going to have me right on the over. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe what you, what you need is I already see what, what the issue is. <laughs> it's maybe, maybe, uh,
2: maybe he no, it's, it's pen- may- <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead.
0: It's, it's penalty minutes. Uh, Carolina can't stay out of the box. And and with that, that uh, line that Florida's putting out there, I believe with Kachuk, Barkov and uh, the third guy's missing, I'm missing his name. They're just playing really well. Like they might have the best, front line going into the playoffs with Vegas. That's why I think the matchup's just set. I it's I think it's a matter of time. There's no chance they pull a, a Boston Celtics like Will Hill said.
2: You know what I, and I'm so- You know where I thought you were going with this? that it was going to be really warm wherever they're playing and the ice starts melting and they have to like postpone the game and they just start over that's where i thought I you were going that. with that okay that's not gonna happen okay moving on here hey let's dive into call co- we don't have our college baseball guy here tonight man if you're not checking out college baseball insiders with q and matt Grissom, man you're really missing out those guys are doing a just fantastic job um breaking down college baseball. You know, I dabble in it. I'm doing really well too, but those guys are just way above me uh with their information and their plays and their great Twitter and their shows. So if, if you like college baseball, check out College Baseball Insiders. But guys, I know this is the time of the year when you guys dive into this. You guys get sucked into this, and you love it. So, Jason, before we came on live tonight, said he has a team. I can't wait to hear this team. Jason, who's your team for the tournament?
0: whatever, well, we shut this up in prior shows where I said that I need my north of the Mason-Dixon line yep. team. Because yep. I know Q hates anybody who's above the Mason-Dixon line. <laughs> you know, it's got to be somebody from the SEC or ACC or it's crap. So, you know, I, UConn won me a lot of money last year. That was a nice little UConn team. Notre Dame won me some money.
2: They beat so Georgetown today. UConn. So
0: early on, right? And I know that, so I'll give you credit. I know he likes the Oregon State Beavers. That technically is a team that is from the north. So uh, he, he does cover that. But I, I'm looking for that one team I'm going to get behind. He's probably going to be underseeded a little bit. But I don't think this team's going to be underseeded. But, you know, kind of forgotten about because of where they play at. And I'm, I'm looking West Virginia Mountaineers, who playing the Big 12, I think they tied for the conference title. They had the player of the year.
2: It's close enough to an hour away from where I
0: live. So, uh, you know, let's go Mountaineers.
2: They play tonight. Texas Tech. A little Ryan Hyde. Oh, there you
0: go. See, we'll have to be then, Ryan, Ryan, Ryan Hyde a little them. bit
2: here tonight. Yeah, this is good. in
0: West Texas, so I don't want to get them too upset. But, you know, <laughs> they, they would understand.
2: Oregon State. Uh, no, or- after them. Hey, Oregon State I'm, I'm did lose tonight. Them. Go ahead, Maddie.
0: So right next to uh, West Virginia, we have Virginia, who I've been on all year. And the Wahoos are the second they, – they have the second least amount of losses in all of college baseball. They only have lost 11 games. I believe they're behind Wake Forest maybe, if I am if well, correct. I am be behind. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they're number 11 in the country, which isn't low by any means, but I still think they're kind of under the radar. They've been in the, the tournament a few times now in the past couple of years, so it's not a surprise to them. I, I still think that's a team you sh- you should still be able to get good, decent money on. It's a veteran team. I, it, I mean, not flashy, and and Q and those guys love Florida. They love the bash LSU on that show. Man, they love Wake Forest. <laughs> Somebody's gonna stumble out of out of those those groups that they love. So. Find that find that sleeper. Jason thinks he has it with uh, WVU. That's, that's like, one of them. That's one of them. So no, I understand. I've been following this for two years now, thanks to Q and Smitty kind of roping me in. And the one thing I have seen is whatever SEC team barely makes it in to the sixty four, take a future on them because they will immediately get hot and go on a roll like no one has ever seen that everyone knew was there but it wasn't there during the regular season. I think we saw what the Ole Miss last year was a team that kind of creeped in. Everyone, I think it was Arkansas the year before that. So, I, I just like I said, just that that's the other. That's, my J Cam rules here for uh, college baseball are find the North team that everybody hates because they play in a soft conference, and then find the last SEC team in. <laughs> And play future bets on them. I love so, that. That's, that's great. coming from someone with a completely unvarnished college baseball opinion. I'll leave it to the experts. But you're gonna I'll get hot. You you're before. gonna get hot here
2: but at the end, that's, and that's, that's what it's about. That's teams my like
0: two rules so far. Teams get you know, hot, and so does Jason. <laughs> I got it, Jason. I got it. Let's let's do this. Let's do let's let's do a challenge with uh, Q and Matty Grissom. For college baseball.
2: Where am am I I at? Am I I kicked out of this? I can't get into this? I can't take a side?
1: (laughs) You're going to have to be the mediator.
2: Am I that good that I'm just going to be by myself?
1: Yeah, you're going to have to be the mediator.
2: Uh, Because James and I probably do the least
0: homework on this. Easily. Yeah. So why don't the two guys who do the least homework
2: on this go against the two guys who
0: do the most homework? You can go find a partner.
2: Yeah, I did. So we got a little, little three-way oh, dance I here. to find somebody. Jeez, I don't like being left old out. It's like going to a seventh grade dance and you stand on the wall all night. Jeez, Louise, come on, guys. Old man in the garage. Old man in the garage. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll tell him maybe he's, he, hey, he might be listening. Hey, old man, if you are listening to this, man, start looking up college baseball tonight. I need your help. Hey, hey somebody on Twitter, if you want to dive in with me and we can jump into this challenge, please contact me or contact notebook and I need a partner on this. I don't want to sit out. That, That's ridiculous. You're
0: just like licking their chops when they hear this. <laughs> yeah, I know. Is like, <laughs> that is dead money. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, hey, so we got a couple games real quick because I just want to put this out. We want to hit golf before we go off here. We do have West Virginia tonight. Now, again, this is conference. Some of these teams are, I wish Q could have been here tonight, but I mean, Q has a million things going on right now. And when he comes on, he'll explain everything. Everything's really positive in his life right now. But you do have Texas Tech, West Virginia tonight. Uh, my book, Texas Tech is favorite, minus 125. Over under is 13 and a half. And that's the one thing with college baseball, man. There's, there's, here's the best advice I can give you. Check those guys out because they do, again, unbelievable work, especially with the, the pitchers. Cause they flip these guys sometimes and it's tough. Some of these teams are in, some of these teams are trying to get into next, you know, into the regionals. So be careful with that. And if your team does get down, don't panic because college baseball is crazy. You talk about major league bullpens, bad college baseball bullpens are really, really bad. So you always have a shot to come back into it. But Jason, there you go, man, get on a site and take your team the night against Texas tech.
0: Okay. It's, it's, uh, I think that would be through our good friends at DK, right? DraftKings is the best one for college baseball. So I will go. You know what? I will follow those country roads and let's we'll go Mountaineers.
2: I love it. I gave out some plays here. I don't even know how they're doing here tonight. I did give out. I had a good night last night. I think I was like six and two. Uh, I gave out Central Michigan. They're tied five five right now. I gave them out tonight. I gave out Vandy tonight minus one fifty. Santa Clara, and this ain't basketball, man. We're talking about college baseball. Gave out Santa Clara against the Zags tonight, minus 150. And then I went a little Big Ten. You got to go a little Big Ten. And we're not, again, talking about football. Illinois over Michigan, minus 110. I'm going to do that. So I gave out four plays today. And listen, it was crazy today. And I um, Hugh gave this out. And some of his plays I loved today. I wrote them down early, and I was like, man, I should jump on these. And I just didn't get to it. And it was craziness. Because, again, some of these teams are in, so maybe the pitching's not there and they're resting guys and just doing that. So just be careful. Don't go crazy. Get ready for the regionals and super regionals in the College World Series. Did did Texas beat Kansas? I think Texas lost.
0: Yeah. Q made the fundamental rule is that you never take Texas against Kansas. So We know this in all sports. Well, can I say,
2: I I love Texas today. I'm glad I stayed off. And I love their No, Texas is really good, but I would say there's a
0: force there. There's some kind of, something is against them The Kansas. They have clearly angered the, the state of Kansas, and there's this bad mojo there. You've just angered Longhorn Nation, sir.
2: Well, they're always angry about something. Well, it's like Patrick Corbin. We're not gonna have a lot of those yeah, people yeah. on with us either. So hey, we're just crossing people off tonight. I mean, we got no Patrick Corbin coming on the show, no Texas Longhorns. There went Ricky Williams.
0: We, are, we have been friends of West Texas for at least a year now. So we have to go against the Longhorns. Yeah. Obviously the we're we, Texas we're tech a, people. Red Raider broadcast, so.
2: Yeah, we're Texas Tech people.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're hey, we got our
2: part there. Hey, we got a couple minutes here. Let's dive into golf, man. We had the PGA Championship last week. Man, we're in a big tournament us three. And I was winning. I came in, I was in first place. I did have Victor Hovland there with a good second, man. I wish he could have got up there. Um, but what's your real quick both you guys. I'll go to Jason first. Man, that that course. How t- how tough was that course, Jason?
0: It was amazing. Like, how much rain did we see on Saturday? Like, it was just—it took so much rain. And then the next day on Sunday, when you played, I, it didn't even look like anything happened the day before. Like, the course just took all of it. I mean, the only thing was that you saw some of the streams and creeks a little higher than you saw them on Thursday and Friday. Um, just amazing. Like, the greens were even like holding all the water as they were playing through it. I mean, there was even some question on Saturday early whether they should even be out there because it would be so unfair uh, to later guys, which it ended up being. But um, yeah, I mean. It's crazy that that course is in Rochester, New York. It kind of works out for them pretty well, because that's basically a PGA-level quality course. And playing in May works out really nicely. The course is belush, and it's, it's about as tough as it probably is all year, because August, it probably burns out a little bit. But, uh, yeah, it was a good test. I mean, e- every hole is it, – t- I think the PGA likes it because of the variety of par fours. And you really saw that on display. You saw really long holes. You saw short holes, a lot of strategy. Um, nothing too tricky. It um, didn't seem like any of the pros were really upset that the, the layout or anything like that, considering with the weather conditions. So, uh, it was a really good tournament. I, that uh, the nine iron that Hovland left in the bunker, I still don't know how he hit that nine iron. That that like he must have hit it off, his, yeah. off, off the blade a little bit. Like like I said, because that ball should have came right up with a nine iron. Um, I mean, granted it, it was well below his feet, and he had a kind of an awkward stance. But yeah, I, I don't. I was the only time we actually saw the weather's impact with the plug. Because I, I really I haven't seen that in a long time on the PGA Tour. But I also mm-hmm. saw a couple of shots this week where I think, uh I'm trying to remember who it was, I think it was Peters hit a ball 10 feet out of the rough. So uh, you, you definitely saw everything. Somebody did the same thing as Hoblin the day before, though. Oh, really? I didn't see yeah, that. plugged it. Yep. Same. It, it, I'm not even sure it was the same bunker, but same exact shot plugged in. They didn't know where it went because there wasn't as many spectators or everything. They, yeah. they were unsure where it went until they actually found it plugged in the bunker. Two things on 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 that tournament, Smitty. I'll go. I'll try to go quick here because we're getting close. Um, Scotty Scheffler, please call up Brad Faxon and fix your putting. You you'd win even more tournaments than you you are winning now. That is your only heel right now. He's so good. He's so dialed in with everything. His putter just fails. And it's not that it's failing. It's not that he's putting bad. He just needs to get better at it. He's he could he could easily be shooting. 66 every day in that tournament that just happened and then secondly uh this is one of the tournaments i feel bad for saying it that we're not going to remember who won this in five years but we're still going to remember michael block and it, we're always going to remember michael block he's permanently etched into any pga championship video now and good for him and i hope he cashes in it's going to be a fun ride with him for probably the next six months so
2: Okay, so this week we got the Charles Schwab challenge here. It's a par 70 down in Texas. You know, so again, Scheffler, big-time favorite. You got Jordan. That's another guy from Texas that everyone's on to. But, you know, Jordan scares me, guys, a little bit with the wrist. I mean, I know he didn't play two weeks ago, came back last week, made the cut, and kind of went through. But, I mean, that scares me at that number. Last year it was Sam Burns, minus nine. The year before is Jason Kokrak 14. And then you had Daniel Berger in 2020, minus 15. So you don't really need bombers on here. This is tight. I mean, small greens. I think it's tight fairways. You got to always worry about down in Texas a little bit if the conditions get a little, the wind and everything like that. You know, guys, real quick, I'm just going to, I'm not finalized yet. I I say this every week. I will get it out on Twitter tonight. I will pl- <laughs> I will get some info out here. But I do want to ask you guys, do you guys look at guys coming off a big tournament, you know, like one of the majors that didn't play well? So let's look at like Fina's is up there on the board, too. Finau did not play very well last week. Uh, Sanjay M's another guy that, I, you know, I'm kind of wrote down that didn't make the cut. It, do you guys kind of look at people that maybe missed the cut and a big one to come back in something like this? Or did you look at someone that you thought played extremely well and might be getting into form? Like maybe on a lot of shows, I've heard Justin Rose. So where would you go like with your handicap and here for the audience here? Maddie, I'll start with you.
0: Um, I, I think this course is a lot of course history, which plays in well. Uh, a lot of these guys have played this for a while. Like you said, Spieth. Uh Burns is going to be back. Rose has played this a few times. Uh, I do look at a guy who got some rest after a major, but I'm a fake female guy. He's just burned me and burned me and burned me and burned me. <laughs> I, I think he's a top 10 easy finish here, but I don't think he's he, – He's just not a closer to me. Uh, so I'm going to give you three three names I like. Uh, I like Colin Morikawa. Uh, you don't need a bomber. He actually didn't play awful last week. He's 20 to 1. I love, my favorite is Max Homa, 22 to 1. I think this course is perfect for him. And I like Tommy Fleetwood, who has a good course history here. And he's a little longer, 30 to 1. And I'm going to take one flyer, uh, Chad Rainey. Uh, long shot, good course history. I would actually look to see what you can get him at maybe a top 20. I'm going to guess it would probably be around maybe eight to one for him to get in the top 20. It's probably a decent payday. You talking about Chad Ramey? Chad Ramey? Yeah. Can't find him right now. I actually like being out on this course. He's got a good course record here with shots gained. Um, you know His length will play here. Like you said, it's not a long course, but that actually he's a guy who has to play long because I don't trust his like, Mid irons at all. He's a wedge guy. And I think he puts better when it's when it's hot and the greens are quick. And it's going to be mid to high 80s the whole week there with sun. So it's going to be a pure uh, North Texas weather. So I actually like being out with a, a, maybe a top 10, though, like you said. I don't know if I can get him to win it. The Sheffler looks like the right play here, but I don't know. Like you said, the, the putting thing. See, that, Smitty, you're talking about that. I see when I see a guy struggle one week, I don't think bounce back like I do in other sports like you know basketball A guy goes over 21 game I'm thinking he's going to shoot really well the next game because it just kind of lob averages golf usually when you don't play well something has gone mechanically a little off right so sometimes I think it takes a round or two to get yourself or uh, event or two to get yourself back on track with your coach to kind of figure out what's kind of deviated what do you need to change to fix so I think golf's kind of different in that uh, perspective so when I see a guy struggle with a major I'm usually more likely to fade him the next couple events until maybe the next major because I know he's working on whatever the heck went wrong uh during that four day period.
2: I just want to chime in here. Uh Tony Feno did shoot a minus seven last year and Burns was minus nine. So he did play well last year here again. You know, a lot of people, like I said, are backing the guys from Texas. You know, Scheffler's just so tough not to take, but the number, you know, I, I just won't do that. I gotta find somebody that can try to win a little bit of money here. So Check my Twitter out. You know, I'll put it out on notebook wagering and I, we always put out plays, but, um, that's all I got guys. Another great show. Another great interview. Smitty, but, I, I got some bad news for you. Oh, it's two nothing. It's three nothing.
0: <laughs> it's two nothing.
2: Well, that happened.
0: Matthew, you could check
2: the man who
0: I think you should get a little bit of money on listeners for, uh, the Con might just a little bit, a little pizza money. What can we even get him out at, at this point? I don't know if they even have anything out there yet, but Rivers will take a look, see if we can find it. But yeah, no, I, I agree, Matt. He's he's been the guy who's kind of been the face of that uh, team. Yeah, doing and he, whenever something big happens with the Panthers, it's been uh, Kachuk. Like yeah, as it's, it's going to be hard to get off of Barosky because if he, what if he posts another shutout again? I mean, <laughs> he he's stealing he's stealing Kachuk's thunder.
2: Well, the trend's done, so I'll, I'll, get off, I'll get off the first. It was good. Four and three. I'll finish at four and three. What can you do? What can you do? <laughs> until tomorrow night, until I try to do something else. So that's the way yeah. we go here. Hey, listen, everybody, thank you so much. We had a great interview. We had Will Hill again, man. Check him out again at Vison He's on Vison Golden Boy Network. Check him out. I think he's one of our favorites. Just great information. And spread the word about us at notebook wagering, man, we are doing great things and we appreciate everybody tuning in each week and checking us out. So spread the word this weekend, tell some people about it. Memorial day. Stay safe. You're at a picnic. Tell somebody about us and tell them to join us next week. Hey, bang your bookies. We'll see you next week.
1: Thanks for listening to the notebook wagering podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any episodes and be sure to follow at Notebook Wagering. Until next time.